friends, family, and everyone in between, you are listening to another exciting edition of the Feel Good Podcast, the podcast where we chat with interesting people and learn about the things that make them feel good and the good they put in the world. I am one of your hosts, Mike Osgood. And I'm another one of your hosts, Byron Filler. And we're here. We're alive and we're kicking. Byron, what's good with you? No, 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 no. We have to talk about the the new thing in your life. What I have going on in my life is not as important <laughs> as you just getting a dog. So, I got a dog. Yeah, get a dog. Talk I got, got a dog. dog. Got a dog. Got, got a dog. She's got asleep dog. over here. She looks like a little furry croissant. And tell she's it, adorable. Tell us about your new dog. Okay, so I got a new dog. Her name is Rosie. She is a rescue. She is two years old. She is a Dutch Spaniel, and she's adorable, and she's sick. So we rescued her last weekend, and since then we've been having to give her all the pills and learning all the joys of how much a vet costs and uh, all those fun things, but she is stupidly adorable and a little ray of furry sunshine and we've gotten cat called a couple of times with how wow. cute she is yeah or dog people called. know it yeah it's people know it we went for a walk the other afternoon and we were just walking and this couple was driving this bmw or something the woman rolled down her window and yelled at us hey your dog is so cute like, <laughs> yes she is Yes, she is. Thank you for noticing. You know the the curse of this is that eventually she's gonna know it. Rosie's gonna know it, and she's mm-hmm. going to exploit that for the rest of her life. Oh, I'm a hundred percent expecting her to exploit it. She already is running up to a bit of everybody to try to say hey, but we can't have her say hey to everybody because she has kennel cough. Mm-hmm. So in order to it's like doggy coronavirus we can't let her go talk to people she has to be socially distant we have to keep her away from other dogs until she gets through all of her antibiotics but she is a silly crazy ray of sunshine y'all have seen her on our instagram and we'll continue to see her uh, because she Uh, is a little bundle of personality and we love her Marissa and I, when we, like, when you guys sent us the the photo initially, like, uh, we saw, we had to video chat with you guys because we were so excited. She seemed, like, so happy and so perfect. I remember yeah. you guys telling us, like, oh, we may look at, like, some other dogs. And the second you said that, she put her paw on your chest and, like, as if to be, like, no, no. you're not. No. No, now she does that. <laughs> Like every day when she's like, excuse me, please give me more pets, please. (laughs) I'll like lay down on the ground with her. Then she'll give me like a little south pod to the jaw and be like, excuse me, pet me more. I'm like, okay, fine. But no, the the fun part is that that video chat that you guys had with us when we were adopting her, the woman who was doing all of our paperwork was like, did I hear squeals coming from the other room? I was like, yes, you did. You absolutely did. That was us. That was, that was you. I, that was I you have no Marissa. shame. Yeah. Squeal. You are a squealer. Yeah. But what's making you squeal this week? Oh, uh, 
Well, it's it, front on this recording. It was just um, uh, Memorial Day. It was. Uh, so this past weekend was like a long, nice weekend. I watched my little cousin uh, get bat mitzvahed um, this weekend, and it was uh, it's actually really awesome. So her and her mom are huge Disney nerds, and they yes. could not do. Um, they could not do like a a big reception because we're you know we're all there's still all the COVID regulations and we're just very lucky we were even able to be there at any capacity. But all of the prayers were sung to the tune of Disney songs and it was so fucking awesome. <laughs> As a I don't even know how that sounds. Can you give us a little demonstration? Um, I'm not a I'm not a cantor, so I'm. Yes, I, you are. I, I, look, not with I, that attitude. Viewer, viewers, listeners, <laughs> excuse me. Um, I'm gonna make a. a I, I'm Jewish, but I'm like Jewish. <laughs> so I'm. Uh, I'm gonna. Do a prayer that I know and butcher the living shit out of it to a whole new world. This is everything I want this podcast to be and more. Please <laughs> bless our ears with a Jewish prayer to the tune of a whole new world. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu I don't know the rest of it's. It's like the most basic prayer for candles, and I'm already losing it. That's basically the gist of it, and that, that was, was the entire service, and it made my whole weekend. That um, was so good. That was, <laughs> that was beautiful, and I am so grateful that you gave us that. I'm so grateful. They I'm glad even, you got to experience that bat mitzvah. Yes. That's awesome. I'm sure there's a recording of it somewhere that I will have to find just so that you can get a preview of the uh, songs. But her, her cantor was, ba like, has the voice of a Disney princess, so, like, oh, she sold it. Nice. Um, but, yeah, the rest of this weekend has just been, like, some well much needed rest otherwise um that's good i can't remember the last time i slept till noon and Jesus. well especially like my body clock these days is um just deciding to get up at random hour like hours like one of the cats will come and wake us up at like eight o'clock on a saturday mm -hmm. and then i'll like i'll wake up for a second just to be like oh, okay yeah cat is here and then i'll go back to sleep and then my body's like well you're awake now oh <laughs> and, that, Brother, and that's it that's been that's made us this entire week uh yeah we've been up at 6 45 ish every day because we have to wake up give this dog a pill try to go back to sleep if we can yeah if not wake up go take the dog for like a mile long walk to try to go pee and poop it not go poop but it goes pee and then do the whole song and dance again in a couple hours and then do it all again in another couple hours and that's the life of being a dog owner but it's you fun know times. who 
also knows about the life of peeing, pooping, and very little sleep. Who's that? Our, our guest this week. <laughs> Zach Rosenberg. That's the best I'm sorry, I'm going to do that. No, we're keeping this. <laughs> Tell us about Zach Rosenberg. Uh, I'm sorry, Zach. Um, <laughs> Zach is a good friend of mine from middle school. Uh, we've known each other forever. He is a neurodivergent creator. He uh, it works. He's one half of uh, Frenemy Studios, and they make cartoons and comics. And he also works at Tumblr, uh, doing uh, uh, so, like social content media moderation. content moderation. Um, and he's just the ever since I've known him, the most positive person that i've ever met he does so you'll hear this like he does some really intense work and still has the amount of optimism that he has and it's That's amazing yeah but why don't we let him tell everybody how good he is yeah shall, shall we shall we let them listen let, let's do you, do you bring it on here let's do it all right ready thank you everybody for staying with us during the dance break uh i know we 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 have fun music here uh so we are here with the wonderful the exuberantly positive the smiley man himself it's zach rosenberg oh hello look at that smile i don't know can you hear me smiling because i'm actually smiling it's ringing in my ears science proves that you can in fact hear a smile yeah is that wait is that legitimate that's legitimate they like sales oh yeah go ahead no, no, I, I, I went, my major in college was hospitality, and they, they say they can hear a smile on the phone. Yeah, and, I, and I communications, which yeah. I majored in, they Ooh. tell you, like, anytime you hop on the phone and you're chatting with somebody, you want to smile because it can genuinely change your inflection and how you talk and what the people will perceive. So I'm smiling right now. Can't you tell by a little bit? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really good. But Zach, thank you so much for joining us. How are you today? I'm good. Uh, I actually spent the weekend. I had my good friend who lives in Germany uh, come into the city, New oh, York wow. City, and I got to hang out with him, um, you know, because COVID had stuff. He's from New York. Uh, he married a German woman and has a little boy, and it was just like a joy to hang out with him and be a nerd. We went just to like all the nerdy shops, which is what I, I call my nerd street tour in New York City. It is not patent pending. <laughs> Uh, where Do you I take go hit like friend. the pizza shop that Spider-Man went to and things like that? No, it's more selfish than that. Like it's like uh, <laughs> this bookshop and this video game store, and let's just the girls just want to have fun and just want to go shopping, you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's really great. We have you know we hit all the comic shops, all the video game shops, and then like eat ramen, which was not the best idea, being it was like ninety degrees and humid. Um, but I stand by my thought that if it's really cold air conditioning in the restaurant, it's a perfect day always for ramen. <laughs> so, uh, I, I will second that. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, it was fun. Um, we had a good time. So I had a great weekend. Well, yeah. That's 
That's amazing. I'm glad to hear that. I and so we're gonna we're gonna switch gears a little bit from all of this goodness that we we've heard you about. We're gonna get back into it in a second, but we're gonna start out with uh, our moment of bad. Where we're gonna take sixty seconds on the clock. Hopefully, we're gonna go through and tell you know let out one bad, and then we're gonna let it go. We're gonna we're gonna be gone it. Um, I will start off this week. My moment of bad is that um, since the CDC recommendations said that people who have vaccines can uh, go out without a mask, I've started seeing commercials that say, uh, we're back. America's back. America. And yeah, no, it's a lot of enthusiasm for... Um, just it, it's just so to me it just feels like bad timing i'm excited myself to get back into the real world and for things to resume but we are nowhere near uh we're nowhere near herd immunity right now and we just like and and people are still like dealing with uh the psychological issues of being in a pandemic and also just like still needing to get a vaccination like i just look these commercials, I, d I don't want you to be here in the first place because it's just tasteless, but be gone, and if you have to come back, just, like, wait a minute. Just wait a minute, please. You, you don't want to be the company that you're like, ah, oh, too soon, too soon. Yeah, you, you don't, exactly, it's the too soon element. They're not going to act like it is because there are these large corporate entities that are they're the same groups that have a twitter that's like hey we're your best bro and we're talking about pizza that you should totally buy from us or ride shares that you like they're trying to act like they're people they're not people they're, yeah they're social media experts <laughs> yeah be gone with your falsehoods yeah. and your fake identities and all that kind of stuff and give us a goddamn minute be gone. Be gone. Be gone. Uh, I will go next. Um, my bad of the week. I just rescued a dog. <laughs> and Yay, my wallet feels it. <laughs> In two days, oh, no. I've paid quite a substantial sum of rescuing a dog who happened to have kennel cough and a couple other things and our rescue spot didn't tell us this and you know it's fun times it's great it's great everything's fine but i just want to take uh some negative energy that has come from vet bills that just kind of mm, and i'm gonna be gone it so be gone be, be gone, gone. Vet bills be gone be gone yeah but Zach, what's going what's going bad in your world? I, you know, I'm I'm. It's so hard for me to think of something bad. I'm such a, uh, as I joke to people, a naive optimist. Um, but I like to see the positive <laughs> side of things. So I think if I were to really crystallize what my bad is this week, is it's really an element that I can't control, which is similar to the two of you, uh, is uh, sleep regression from my infant son. Um, more primarily in relation to he hasn't, uh, his teeth hasn't popped yet. Mm. So he's going to be 10 months this coming week. 
and we've not been getting great sleep because we wake up and our gums hurt. And that wakes up mom and dad. And then we're all just up crying because our gums hurt, really. <laughs> so uh, that is my bad. I just want my son's teeth to pop so we can get out of this sleep regression. Take that sleep oh. regression and make it into sleep yeah. progression. And be gone! <laughs> <laughs> be, gone be, be gone, pain, and hello, teeth. Yes. Yeah, seriously. I swear, I think it's going to be like eight teeth at once. Like, just give it to me. You know? It's just got to be uh, like instantaneously really... overnight teeth. Yeah. I do <laughs> right. like, though, because he gives, he's a very smiley baby. I really don't know what we're doing right. Uh, he has the gummiest smile, so it's just like a baby with no teeth, just like constantly. I swear, he looks like a Goomba from the live action Super Mario Brothers movie. Oh my God. <laughs> no teeth. Just like, oh. just like all, all smile, no teeth, just a gummy, like happy to see you. Uh, and then I just think of that elevator scene in that movie that I uh, adore. That movie's awful, but it's great to me. So it's um, it, it does have a special place in my heart too, just because it, it it's one of those movies that is just so bad, but you kind of just have to enjoy it for its awfulness. Did you especially guys... like loving Super Mario so much? Yeah, and I'm assuming you guys both watched that when you were like much younger too correct oh yeah. oh yeah 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 so yeah. it's one like, of those if things you're older like, you're not gonna like it <laughs> yeah no but if you watched it like close to when it came out when you were like for me i was a child and i remember being like oh super mario oh this is so cool this is so cool and i'm sure my parents who probably don't even remember the movie were like what are we watching what are we watching <laughs> why does super mario have a flamethrower um this does not make sense but it's good yeah it's a it's a cult classic it also there's actually of... a really cool i think vulture or verve article about the insane development process of that movie uh oh, i'm yeah. plugging yes i don't even work for vulture or verve i don't remember who wrote it but it's pretty awesome uh but speaking of but speaking of who you work for zach yeah. rosenberg can you give us that introduction of yourself for all those people who don't know about the magicalness of you can you tell the people what's your story what is your origin story yeah i mean absolutely so i i'm 32 going on to 33 i'll be 33 in august uh i majored actually in college in hospitality i love people but i didn't enjoy the aspect of the hospitality industry especially in new york city so I kind of gear shifted to more of my creative passions. Um, and, and I kind of discovered this about myself actually in college. I, I applied for a Marvel Comics internship, got the internship, and then went on to work at Marvel. And at Marvel, I met um, a fellow intern by the name of Victor Fuste. Um, he was an NYU grad student, and for some reason, he liked me. Uh, he's, he's the, um, if you've ever seen The Odd Couple, he's uh, the Walter to my naive, positive Felix. And uh, we founded a company. Oh, you know, we both, I, I stayed at uh, Marvel, then I stayed kind of in comics publishing. He went on to more uh, dev uh, development in uh, film and animation, uh, primarily Framestore. They do like the Geico commercials and visual effects. And then went on to DreamWorks PDI, which is was their NorCal campus, working on How to Train Your Dragon, uh, all those movies. Um, and then about five years ago, they closed that DreamWorks PDI campus. And I was just more working in freelance comics, and we decided to open our own company called Frenemy Studios. 
uh, again, to, to really be the, um, the Walter to my Felix, right? We're, we're frenemies. Um, <laughs> and we, we are an IP incubator. We develop cartoons, uh, animation for feature and television and comics. We have a current comic, gra- original graphic novel in development right now with a company called Inside Edition. Uh, working on two comic pitches right now. We've pitched a ton of animation, um, and we're currently pitching a new show. Uh, we're going to a bunch of production companies and showrunners. Uh, and, and, yeah, we just got to keep putting our foot in the door. You know, we've had a lot of cool meetings, a lot of cool little wins, but not the big win, and you can't let that deter you. So I actually do this on my spare time. Uh, for enemies, yeah. it's unfortunately not my full-time job. Uh, I wish it was. I'm, that's my end goal. Um, while uh, we founded Frenemy, I also got a job at uh, Tumblr. It's the microblogging platform that hosts every type of uh, medium of media, so audio, visual. It's it, you just it's almost like Twitter, um, but just a different different functionality to it. And at, at Tumblr, that's a very interesting job. Uh, I work on our, in our legal team. I'm a content moderation. My actual title is senior content analyst. I've actually been there seven years. It's a long time for that tech, is a long especially. Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I hit seven years last week, actually. And what's amazing is, first of all, I really have always appreciated Tumblr because they've allowed me to pursue my creative passions. I've been very respectful of that. So you know, really appreciate them letting me uh, balance both hats, so to speak. Um, but it's interesting work because uh, it's content moderation, right? So any t- any. Uh, we're, we're considered a platform that hosts UGC. UGC stands for user-generated content. So any type of platform or social media company that hosts UGC comes with a plethora of problems, you know, anything from adult content to illegal content to privacy infringement to copyright infringement. And I've just seen it all. I, I've seen every growth thing under the sun. So you'd think I'd go insane by now, but I haven't yet. Um, I've worked I'm on very, like very surprised. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah right. Uh, you know what's interesting is I I started the team. It was six people, and now it's like twenty two. And we do we do a really good job in the hiring process of kind of hiring the right person who has the right mentality because resiliency to absorbing that content is a huge priority to make sure our content moderators are keeping mentally safe. So it's a lot of like-minded people. You think, like, I'm cheery. Like, a lot of people on my team have the kind of same disposition. Um, and that's nice. It's nice to be surrounded by people who can we can rely on each other. Um, we, we, there's, there's elements of gallows humor. There's elements of hard days where we kind of help each other up. Uh, truthfully speaking, I had a hard day on Friday. I had a really hard day with content. And I, I'm empowered to take the day off if I need to because – the burnout would be more damaging than, you know, the I, the idea of just pushing through it. And and that's yeah. such a rare thing to see tech companies. I feel like, or any company, no one really talks about burnout. I think this pandemic has shined a light on burnout oh, just yeah. on general. And it's nice to have a more two-way conversation about how burnout could affect your um, efficiency at work. Anyways, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of going all over the place. No, 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 no. I think I think that's a great place to start is a burnout yeah. is, I think, a hard pe- thing for people to talk about, especially because it just manifests so differently for everyone. Um, and especially with what you do, like, and what your team does, yeah, I can imagine, like, burnout comes very easy because you are, uh, you're, 
dealing with the worst of the internet. Um, mm -hmm. I was actually wondering, like, can you take us through like what that looks like, the world of creating internet policy and content moderation? Because I think we all kind of have an idea of what that's supposed to be, but never really see the other side of it. Uh, sure. I mean, that's such a great question. And I, I, the first thing I want to say is it's, if a policy is made, it's constantly being discussed and picked at to see if we could do better. You know, I, I, Tumblr is famously known about two years ago for uh, removing all porn or adult content off the platform. And the conversations prior to those decisions were, were, were difficult. Look, you know, I'm a huge, I am a huge proponent of like, I don't want to work the healthy and safe sex working community. I think that's harmful to that community. You know, but we also want to remove straight up porn and span from the platform. So it was endless conversations of like, well, how do we word this in our policies that are fair and firm and know the boundaries from? So like, there's that famous line of female displaying nipples. There's been a lot of memes about it on Tumblr itself. And there, yes, it's, it's gender specific uh, because we actually didn't want to harm the trans community in, in chronicling their journeys on our platform, you know, so transition photos are actually allowed. Nudi transition nudity photos are allowed on the platform. Uh, nursing and breastfeeding photos are allowed on the platform. Protesting nudity is allowed on the platform. Um, and those types of dialogues and uh, verbiage, right, uh, are very difficult to, to kind of publish and, and see how people will interpret it because we have to see it two ways. We have to see how would people abuse these community guidelines and how people will understand these community guidelines. And the hardest thing in that whole umbrella of those two sides is user education. Like, how are we going to educate our users to understand those differences? Like, I cannot tell you how many times we get reports for hate speech when it's not actionable hate speech. You know, it's just what we classify as shitty opinion, right? Yeah. And those parameters are, are very difficult. There's a lot of gray area. And, you, and, like, how do you action a Nazi blog that may say, I'm actually a historical blog chronically what happened in World War II versus someone sharing Nazi imagery and inciting hate? Do you see how, like, complicated that is? Like, that's, yeah. like, bananas. And, and what I'm getting at here is we're constantly calibrating we're constantly reassessing our community guidelines. We're constantly uh, challenging each other of like, how can we create a safe and thriving space on the internet? And a lot of companies like Twitter and Facebook and um, Pinterest, like you just, and Tumblr, like really try their best to just get ahead of the curve. Unfortunately, like this pandemic, and <laughs> I'm going to remove my opinion as much as possible. Our former president, as I bite my lip. Um, created a lot of problems with misinformation, right? Like how yeah. do platforms fact check misinformation, spread misinformation? And like, that's the wild conversation in trust and safety right now. I'm like super fascinated. I actually thought Twitter did a great job with 45 uh, tweets where they added a buffer being like, this is actually factually incorrect, but we're not removing the content. You just have to click it twice to see the content. You have to see the warning. The yeah. problem with that, that requires a lot of bandwidth, right? They, that actually requires a human moderator to fact check what 45 was saying uh, and then create, and then engineering to create the banner that is clickable. Do you see like how all these, it's not just like yeah. an easy drop down, like 
you can automate that. No, it, it, it's like five individuals, then a lawyer approving it. Like it's just a lot of things that are, are taken into consideration um, that go into user and internet policy. But like I can safely say with confidence that not just Tumblr is constantly looking at community guidelines and legal policy. That like the stories are changing. Like I think the beauty and the curse of the internet is how it, it disseminates information, right? So like we're able to talk to each other, we're able to connect with our people more, and that's a beautiful thing, right? Mm-hmm. But there comes another side to that coin, right? Where it, bad people are talking to each other. We're in these echo chambers, and like, where is that spot that we can make thriving communities grow and feel have the world be connected and feel safe? So well, I hope that answers your question. No, that um, does. I was does. I was gonna say like some you said something interesting that's made me think. I I didn't actually think of the more. I think we've talked about like technology in the past and really trying to find the line between like what is like the technology and like built as technology versus the human elements of this. And something you're kind of bringing up is like, Oh, well, 45, uh, I, I like just calling him 45 rather than I do just, too. Like, saying his name. <laughs> his name angers me, so like it's like I just have to say a number. I have to give him a number. So, But that's is, the that's thing is like yeah. what kept happening with him is that a lot of what a lot of what was kind of just happening with his content is that he was constantly being validated, and especially if you're moderating content like that is um that's something i've always thought is like well what's the line of uh what's the line of uh like if you like get rid of someone's post how much more does it end up just empowering them to just go back and do it more and do it harder it's wild to have someone in the position of power give such false information but the dichotomy of like well he's our our you know, our leader, right? He's our elected leader. He is spewing factual, incorrect information. Uh, and where do we draw that line? And that's such a hard line to draw in any type of, I mean, even just on a user level, like just like you see someone who, let's say a teacher was saying, as a teacher you all respected, was just spewing incorrect information. Like how do you digest that, right? And how do you handle that, do, you know? Anyways, it's it's yeah. a lot of what ifs, but you know I think a lot. Uh, I think it's still a lot of work ahead of us. Nothing's perfect, um, but yeah. I really being seven years at, at Tumblr, I've I can I can attest that we're constantly looking at how we can do things better. You I was know? gonna say um, how how has the system evolved just from day one to day however many it is now? I think it, it's evolved because I've I've. I'm, I'm an expert, right? You know, so I've, I've lived in it for so long. I think it's, it's, it's more like where the world evolved. Like privacy laws has changed significantly in the UK. There's a law called the GDP, uh, GDPR, which is how companies retain user information. Um, versus, you know, the United States has yet to catch up to that. California specifically has. So like, you, you see how, uh, if you remember the massive iCloud leak, right, of all the photos, like yeah. that change that changed privacy law. So then that, in effect, changes companies that host UGC content because you're going to get that content on your platform. 
So it, it's just we we it's hard to be proactive. It's often reactive. Um, and I hope that one day there are ways where we can proactively protect our users. Because at the end of the day, that's our obligation is to protect our users and their information. Um, tenfold. So I, I think the industry, I think trust and safety is becoming more important. I've seen a lot more um, need and necessity and like topics of conversation for sure. Excuse me. And that the election is like the, with, with, with 45 with, which I think put a huge magnifying glass on that. So, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so I one thing I'm wondering about because we talked we talked a little before this interview and something you brought up to us that I I was hoping you could elaborate a little bit on is that you your approach to all of this work is that you have to assume good intent of yeah everyone who produces or creates content on uh, these social media platforms. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, so I'm just going to, uh, slight correction, it's more like assume positive intent when we action policy. So like, you know, I think it's a great lesson I've learned uh, and, and something that I'm going to carry throughout my entire career, including with Frenemy stuff, is that when you're working on something that you're sensitive by, right? You know, look, I have a lot of friends, you know, I'm, I'm Jewish and the Israel-Palestine conflict is a very difficult conversation, right? And you, you know, you see people criticize Israel and that doesn't mean you're anti-Semitic. You're just having a conversation. And, I, and when I tell, I'm telling my Jewish friends who are looking for some identity in this, in this difficult topic is like, listen to what people are saying. Assume some positive intent in this difficult conversation, you know, so it's, it's kind of a line we use on my team just when we're talking difficult policy or we're looking at what a user is, is what is the core message of the user's post or their content? Is it incitement of hate or is, are they having a conversation about difficult topics? You know, um, so it's something that we mostly look at internally, especially when someone's like, Hey, there's this post that's concerning. I don't think it's hate speech. It's very difficult to look at. Let's look at different opinions on this. And whoever may have a dissenting opinion, the core of it is you assume that they have positive intent when they're sur surfacing those concerns. Whether it's a difficult thing or not, like it's a good philosophy to have when you're talking about decisions or how we represent ourselves or how we move forward on things, it, it, it's just a good way to look at the world, especially when we're, we're in a world where we're, we're, there are a lot of dissenting opinions. We, I, I don't, I'll never know what it's like to be black in America, right? You know, in the whole Black Lives Matter movement, you know, so, but I want to be a great ally and I want to provide as, 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 as someone who is white, as best safe space for that community, you know, and that want and need is like is my positive intent i want you to like me asking like how can i be better be an ally uh i want you to i'm hoping that we can move forward and provide safe spaces for everyone um i hope that answers your question i feel like i got yeah. there so i apologize <laughs> no, no no it's it's okay that very often happens here where we uh, get a bunch of different ideas that kind of cross 
they just yeah, with each other. Yeah, but that's but, the thing. All the like all these things are connected. We're talking, you know, yeah. especially when we're talking about diversity. Anyways, mm-hmm. we're talking about many different issues. They all yeah, kind it's, of feed it's, into it's, one it's, another. Yeah, it's difficult. You know, I, I it's surprising. I've had a lot of conversations again about the Israel Palestine thing, and I, I I want to view everyone's opinion as their right to that opinion, and like to have a positive conversation about it. Yeah. And and hopefully that is the first spark of change, right? So. Yeah. I think there's something to be said and something that I've greatly admired just about everything that you just said, which is kind of coming at these things with positive intent and positive uh just like responses because mm-hmm. very much in our society now, we live in kind of a soundbite culture which could be taken like one thing out of context and then someone can have a negative connotation that comes from that by being able to just take a step back and look at the big picture it is something that's hard to do and i would just want you to know you got respect over here um <laughs> and we very we very much appreciate that yeah I, I just want to piggyback off something what you, you just said i thank you for that but also i think the thing to stress is that Look, when we're especially talking about difficult subjects like Black Lives Matter or the Israel-Palestine conflict, like, your emotions and your reaction is valid. You're allowed to be angry. You're allowed to be upset. I want to normalize that. That's, like, almost like I I want – I don't want to be – I want to be less defensive and more open to, like, why you feel this way. So when I I say assume positive intent – I. it's never dismissive. I, you know, I, I feel like I want to stress that point where like the emotional backing of how you are digesting this, these movements or this pain or joy, whatever that is attached to it is 110% valid. And, and my assumption or like philosophy of assuming that a positive intent is giving you a safe space to have those feelings. And then, have a conversation to move hopefully positively forward um and it's uh, look it's messy it's complicated but i think we could all do better just listening to each other and giving us our space to feel heard but speaking of creating these positive spaces and just being able to listen and have your opinions heard how do you carry this thought process into your work at Frenemy Studios? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It, 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 again, it's something I carry with with me tenfold. Like it's just, it's just a philosophy. It, it's how I communicate with my wife when she's upset. I just want her emotions to have space and to like feel heard and for me to digest that information, you know, whenever she's struggling with something. And then on a frenemy capacity, it absolutely, you know, my, my writing partner laughs, you know, or kind of groans when we're in pitch meetings, they'll be like, so why are you called frenemy studios? And I, I love this. I love this question in a pitch meeting. And so this tell is us like why you're meeting. called frenemy studios. <laughs> in meetings with Disney or Netflix, I am like unashamed. And I'll be like, you're speaking okay. now. You're speaking now to above Disney. You're speaking yeah, yeah. to the Feel Good Podcast. We are the TikTok <laughs> creators. So I would love no to know shame. why are you called Frenemy Studios? Imagine my my Walter and I'm Felix. Right, we're in this speech meeting. I'm like, well, executive, you know, Feel Good Podcast. Uh, it's our safe word. And then I let like the <laughs> awkward like 
pause and then the groan from my writing partner, Victor. And I'm like, it's our safe word when we're arguing story. You know, like when, when we're, we're very stubborn or when we're not trying, we're struggling to crack a story or dialogue and we'll be like, frenemy, frenemy. And it's probably like our reality check of just to like, mm. oh, we're very touchy or passionate about this story element or this character note or this beat. Like, I'm saying that to my writing partner to like, let's take a moment to like listen to what uh, I'm trying to say or like articulate. Um, and it, it always gets laughs in a meeting room uh, and then it groans from my writing partner. Um, <laughs> I think it breaks the ice a little bit too. Uh, but it, it is really friend of me, friend of me. Like, you know, we're, we're currently developing a new feature idea that I'm really excited about. And um, I've got my friend of me equipped and ready. You know, when we're we're getting into the huge uh, uh, dev side of this feature pitch, we want to get started. So get it. I'm very excited for that. Byron, um, I think yeah. I think yeah. our keyword's gonna have to be Rosenberg from now on. <laughs> so anytime, anytime we start having our creative differences, we'll be at Rosenberg, Rosenberg. Rosenberg. It'll be great. Rosenberg. Oh, like, oh so sorry. It, I don't. I don't think we we've ever. I don't think we've had a disagreement. I think we've just done Mortal Kombat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, or, like, <laughs> or we've just or smash yeah, yeah we super smash smashed each other and then we curse at each other because that's healthy and um yeah that's about it but yeah what a beautiful thing that you're able to super smash each other we I are just, able I to super smash each other and those who don't know super smash are definitely thinking what they're super they're what <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They can they can super smash each other online nowadays. It's oh, yeah can. no it's uh, anyone who doesn't know uh, what this is it's platonic. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's good. But we would love to know. Like I know that you're doing these pitches and everything uh, for some notable spots right now. But we'd love to know just kind of what are some of the stories that you guys are building over at Frenemy Studios. Yeah, no, absolutely. So for the executives that are listening in on this podcast, um, there's a pitch actually that I, I little, a little autobiographical on my childhood. So for people who don't know me, and I didn't mention this in my origin story, I was diagnosed with Tourette syndrome at the age of 11. Pretty serious, like full verbal and physical tics, kind of all over the place. And um, it, was, it was a hard time, like be a teenager, uh, a young adult, and then teenager going through an invisible disorder that was so distracting and apparent, right? Um, And often the media portrays Tourette as a cursing disorder or the person who can say obscenities, and that is so far from the truth. Actually, one-tenth of the Tourette population are only affected by what's called corpulalia, which is the the cursing tics. Fortunately, I have that, but uh, it didn't help to, like, correct people when I'm, you know, can't control uh, my, and when I thought I'm like taking now, uh, uh, facial expressions or curses. So anyways, I, I, Victor and I had a great pitch. Um, the log line is, you know, what, you know, a world where kids invisible disorders actually take physical manifestations of creatures that we call hullabaloos. Hmm. And uh, we open up the show where a kid named Jack, not Zach, Jack gets visited <laughs> by his hullabaloo TX, that stands for Tourette syndrome. Uh, and he has to learn to coexist. And then he gets assigned to the hullabaloo homeroom, which is, you know, a hullabaloo that represents bipolar disorder, a hullabaloo that represents anxiety. And it's kind of like normalizing the, how kids coexist 
with their disorders that are classified, you know, sometimes classified as invisible disorders. You know, we don't see them right away. Um, and really, I wanted a show that normalizes what it's like to live with an invisible disorder, both for the individual themselves, but the families and friends that have to learn and adapt and, 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 and kind of grow. Like, I, I commend my family. It wasn't easy, you know. Going to a restaurant with me, you know, was not easy, you know. So mm -hmm. just having episodes that show that dynamic in a positive way, but also normalize it. And and we got really far. We actually pitched, like, Disney, Netflix, Nickelodeon, and everyone really liked it. Um, and it becomes the element of, like, the matter, the timing of things and who you know, right? Mm -hmm. So I really, really am confident, and I really want this to exist. So I think yeah. those two are like, one day we'll sell that show um, because it, it stemmed from my journey and, and I want kids to have something that they can see themselves. You know, I, I marvel at shows that do such a good job of representation. Yeah, what kind of, uh, what kind of shows would you say have great representation of inclusion? I, I think Steven Universe is a great example. I think it normalizes kids and people who are going through identity transitions and um, gender fluid note, like notes and stuff like that. It did, it did such a healthy balance of, you know, normalizing that and in a, in a fun cartoon, you know, zany setting, you know, uh, the opposite is feature. I, I really am digging uh, the Mitchell's versus the machines. Um, Mike Rionda and produced by Chris Lord, and, uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who, you know, are like gold. Uh, I, they I are like them. So good. Yeah. And what's great about this movie, please watch it. I've watched it four times is it does such a great job balancing sh like that. We, we love our family and that means that we don't get along. We don't always have to like each other, but we're always there for each other. Like, it, it has, like, this real element of a family dynamic, you know, but also, like, kind of talks a commentary on how technology can be good and how technology can be bad, uh, and it, it doesn't demonize it. It doesn't demonize father figures who are trying to relate to their daughter, and it doesn't demonize a daughter who doesn't is frustrated that her family doesn't understand her. Uh, it really does such a healthy balance of those characters' journeys, and uh, it was just it, it 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 normalized it. Like it it didn't shy away of showing both sides of the same coin, you know. And I thought that was very beautiful. I mean, you also look at like Inside Out. You know, there's not one villain in that entire movie. If you there's no, no villain, uh, yeah, and no. and and it it normalizes that a happy memory can also be a sad memory. It normalizes the pressure that some parents can put on their kids and vice versa. And I think like that's a beautiful thing on a subconscious level, just to showcase to kids. I think kids are way more intuitive and intelligent than some cartoon shows pander to. Um, and I, I just like, I like, you know, you talk about Studio Ghibli films, like the slice of life, you know, aspect of the, what those shows, those movies do. And 
I think that is something that Western cinema, especially animation, is starting to catch up on. It's just these quiet moments that that are the most interesting because they're the most accessible and real. They they normalize something that we practice or do every day. Um, yeah, and I think I, those that's why those films are so successful. Well, so I think like I was I've been watching some videos uh, on youtube uh, called animators react from like corridor digital and they talk about like the difference between the way that uh you know you're taught to draw in japan versus uh the way you're taught to draw in america for those shows and the distinction they made about uh, like anime is that you're drawing for a feeling that's why you have so many shots in anime that look like still uh, they look like still images but they convey so much power because you're seeing like these these like random lines that are drawn to create momentum but really it's just like it's one frame passing over a, a like a, a bunch of effects and they're able to, it, obviously it makes it cheaper, but there's so much more that goes into that feeling and sensation and that, uh, like, especially as you're a kid, you feel that raw power and it's intense. Yeah, it's more, I think for kids, it's more tangible, you know, and, and, yeah. and it conveys energy. Like, you know, I, I think um, Jap Japanese animation, I mean, look, I'm a huge manga and anime fan. Um, I don't know at all, and I'm not versed at all, but I, I think those store, Japanese cinema and Japanese animation really do a good job of balancing those high concepts of fantasy or sci-fi or medieval, whatever, and just bringing it down to a human level that makes it accessible. Uh, you know, I think that's what's so great about cartoons, right, or animation in general, is that you could exercise a, an like amazing idea that you wouldn't be able to do in live action, but still have those human elements. So an aspect of our pitching, you know, Victor and I do, a, a, we make sure when we're pitching a show or a, a feature is like, why does this concept need to be animated? Like, what about mm. this concept does not exist in the live action space? Uh, and, you know, we just connect that kind of, inject that energy and uh, what animation can stretch and afford us w while retaining that human element of heart and sincerity. Uh, uh, it's, all, it's all really a part of our character's journey. It's just real, real problems in, a, in an extraordinary setting. Do you um, think that's been the struggle of trying to get something like the the project that you're you're talking about talking about neurodivergence and trying to get mm. people to trying to get to these executives to understand why this matters why it's so important and yes you do have an audience for this because they do yeah yeah look i mean you there's the famous stories of like adventure time was originally a nickelodeon property and then they gave up on it and it went to cartoon network um uh, you know ghostbusters took you know, 43 times to be pitched and then bought, you know. So, like, I do think that we'll eventually, hopefully, sell to you Color Blue. Um, I think, I think this is the timing of things and who you know, right, aspect of pitching. It's just elements outside. I'm not in those meetings, so I can't really comment on them. 
the meetings outside of our pitch meeting on deciding if they're going right. to take the pitch or not. So I can't really comment on that. What, what I what what we focus on is is how our passion and vision will add to the library of content, whatever network or buyer that we're going to. And so what we're controlling is like, why does this concept need to be animated? And then we, this, this is a great uh, question, Byron. So uh, hopefully this answers it. It's yeah. like, why is this show or concept important to viewers and important to us? We make sure to inject those points in our pitch. Like, what is the viewer going to feel? Whether it's just entertainment that that instills some sense of uh, representation or lesson, you know, we, we make sure to, like, have a piece of that in, in our pitch decks. And when we're pitching to someone, it's like, this is something, uh, often a line I see, this is something, and for TSL Blue, it's, it's genuine and truth to the core, is like, this is something I wish I saw when I was just diagnosed with Tourette's syndrome, was to see that I can coexist with this disorder. Even though it's unpredictable, it's unknown, it's difficult at times, there's still joy to be in my life. Like, my life yeah. is not over. My life mm -hmm. is not defined by having Tourette's syndrome. And that's what I want TSL Blue to be, is just, you know, kids who have anxiety and, like, it's okay for it to be difficult. There are going to be bad days. But guess what? There's going to be good days. There's going to be days where you learn that. And Byron, Byron and I, for the listeners out there, have been friends right when I first got to Rhett, you oh, know. We, you know, so, we, went, we went to middle school together and yeah. we were in the trenches together with yeah. uh, what both with of us everything. were going through. Yeah. yeah. So, and the point I'm making is that I think a great thing, and my wife marvels that Byron and our friend Adam and Danny and Wesley, you know, we've been friends for so long, you know, uh, and it's because the camaraderie and companionship is, we've lifted each other up, you know, and I, 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 I've kind of lost a little bit of what I'm trying to say, but ultimately it, the TLDR is that yeah. I'm a better person for having the people I have in my life for so long. I'm strong and I'm resilient and I'm confident because yeah. I had Byron who was doing stand-up talking about being a stand-up comic. Remember those days, Byron, oh and having God. autism. And I've never told you this, but like just seeing you on stage and seeing you own that like it's a fine suit, that you're wearing it proudly and you're putting good into the world by positively talking about your stories with humor is impressive it, it it ingrained in me a sense of like i need to do that i not only need to do that i want to do that you know and yeah. and i'm so lucky to have these people in my life who who continue to lift me up sometimes unintentionally by their own positive and wonderful actions um and 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 a lot of our shows or concepts is just a little bit stories of the outcast who are trying to find their footing in the world and don't know what to do. And the, the journey is, well, the answer is right in front of you. You know, the answer being yeah. you have the friends who are right next to you who are going to help you save the day. You know, uh, my favorite animated feature film is called Paranorman uh, by Leica <laughs> Studios. I'm a hardcore fan. 
the director's commentary of that movie is brilliant because it talks about give it a watch if you're just a creative or just want to know inside the directors are great and the writer it, the answer to the movie's problem is the first line of the movie um i'm not going to spoil it but the director's commentary says that you know uh, i i could spoil by saying you know I get, can I, spoil alert? Spoiler! Yeah, Basically, the movie opens up to a fake uh, zombie movie that Norman's watching, and then you realize he's watching with his deceased grandma, who's a ghost. And his grandma, played by Elaine Stritch, says, why don't he, he they just talk to the zombies to stop. And that's the answer. To, like, Norman's not listening, because he could talk to the dead, and he realized he needs to listen to the zombies to stop the weirdness that is happening and the director's commentary talks about like, yeah, we, we literally tell you the answer of the conflict in the first line of the movie. And I, and I thought that was so cool. Like characters who are so clouded by justifiably an overwhelming problem or journey. And for Jack and TSL blue, it's just like, he's got this hello blue all of a sudden and he doesn't know how to process it. So he, he wants to shun people away. Or he wants to bring people in, and he's not realizing he needs to listen to TS, and they need to work together to coexist. And they need to work together and ask for help and, and learn and, and, and those journeys. And the whole idea of the show is just, like, the different kids in the class they'll have adventures together of, like, what it's like to coexist with these invisible disorders that are represented as these rambunctious creatures called hella blues so again disney I, executives or netflix executives <laughs> no, you can reach please. me in at zach at front of me studios. i i um, can give you at least like from my experience growing up and having autism like having shows like that having characters that even if they it's not explicitly like that they have uh these that they're not neurodivergent it's so helpful when you can see someone else going through the same thing that you're going through because sometimes you don't have your own language and tools to be able to uh overcome the obstacles that you're trying to uh overcome but when some when you can see someone else and also that person is your favorite character yeah overcome mm -hmm. those obstacles it makes all of the difference you end up learning and thinking about your uh your problems in a very different way and suddenly those problems are not problems anymore they're tools and i think that th those tools especially like it's why i've always loved cartoons and animation and anime it's and mm -hmm. even video games these characters that are just um they are larger than life but they're very deeply human and they have yeah. very deeply human problems and they're nuanced. They're not just this black and white kind of uh, thing. I mean, very well put, Byron. I mean, that's exactly, you like crystallized what I was said for 10 minutes in like a one minute <laughs> sentence. Um, and I think that's beautiful. It's also like why I, I tell people uh, Spirited Away by Studio Jubilee is exactly oh, that, you know? Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's a girl who is upset she's moving away from her hometown and it, it's a story of a girl becoming a young adult and learning to 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 change and adapt to change and like that movie is so quiet about the human journey of of that of of sen um 
it's it's very well done. I cry when I see that movie because like we were all that kid who struggled that that identity of when you're a kid to a young adult and when big change happens how do we process that information and for for her character she's put in an extraordinary situation to come to terms with that transition and i think that movie's just done so beautifully in quietly showcasing that what's it like transitioning from being this humble optimistic animation fanatic into being a dad <laughs> yeah you're a dad um, i can't believe it like, i i i have to i i can only guess that when uh optimist who is also probably partially extroverted like working with people hmm. and doing all these things you become a dad. I only, I speak of this coming from my own experience of having a dog myself for two days. Um, for, like, speaking from my own feelings of now you're having to learn a little bit of like, oh my God, this is what the world is like. I now have to pro like protect this thing and all that kind of stuff. How do you do it? You know, it's a hard look. It, we, we, we got pregnant before the pandemic and then we had Simon in July of of 26 2020 you know i was very fortunate that COVID had died down a little bit at the time before the second wave that i was actually allowed in the delivery room like that was a huge blessing you know things were, were kind of they had just changed the policy i think two weeks before simon was born uh, my son being simon um and it it's interesting i've had a few friends who are like well you're you're raising a child like all they know is math you know, what's that going to be like moving forward? And my, my philosophy is like, well, I'm not going to shy away from the truth. I, I'm going to teach my son that I wear a mask to be respectful of the people around me. Even though I'm double vaxxed, I'm still going to wear a mask. Like, I'm going to I'm going to show that it's neighborly and it's considerate. Um, it's not a way to censor anyone. It's just a way to showcase that I care for the people around me and like that, like the positive aspects of what the pandemic has brought to light, you know, um, is what I would do my best to distill. Um, in terms of being a father, uh, it's, it's interesting. I mean, Hannah and I, Hannah, my wife, uh, we're constantly, we don't feel like parents yet. We, you know, he's not talking yet. You know, he's not saying words. He doesn't say data. I love you. I think, but the way he smiles at me just like melts my heart. It's the, I love my breakfast time with him before work, but I, I, I want to kind of stress that like the journey of becoming a dad and like the identity of a dad is not instantaneous for everyone. And, and I, and I think that's okay. Like, yes, I, I'm a parent, I'm a parent and I can act as a parent, you know, but I'm learning this too for the first time. Um, and I'm trying to, and my wife and I are really doing our best to just, yeah, it's okay. Like, we're not like insta parents. We're going to make mistakes where we can ask for help. Like, and like that identity sometimes, you know, not to say like, I'm not a father. It's just like, I don't feel like I'm a father. I care in, for Simon deeply, but I can't wait um, where I like, I am full dad title, you know, like, uh, if that makes sense. It, it's interesting, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, I'm also just a giant big kid, you know, for the people who can't see what's <laughs> around me. I'm surrounded by comics and, and 
toys in my office and I feel like a big kid I, and I, like yeah I'm excited you to have share more that, toys but... than your son <laughs> yeah probably I already <laughs> know you have more toys <laughs> than your son my wife who's listening to Slater and she's probably like screaming <laughs> hell yes or she's probably tapping me on the shoulder being like I'm listening to the part where you're telling the world that yes you do in fact have more toys than our child and you know what dear yes you're right I love you you're the it's best like... thank you for your patience this um, is our moment of acknowledgement, and now we move on. <laughs> yeah. I, yes, I, and I hear you, dear. Yeah. <laughs> it's so it's so funny you say that because I think one of the things that I've always thought of just you, I've there. There's two thoughts that have always run through my head. It's like because I know you so well, and I've known you since middle school. I mean, it's obviously the first notion of that guy's a dad, but then also <laughs> yeah. it's the notion of that guy's a dad. Like I've just thought of you that way for yeah. forever because, like, especially your love for animation, your optimism. I've always felt like that's just gonna be the perfect cocktail for. Yeah your your son and uh, like being able to like especially with all of these uh these shows and movies that you've talked about so lovingly like are you are you excited to be able to just like uh, show him those things yeah i'm i'm over the moon my wife jokes that like but what if he likes sports <laughs> my mom said something funny to that line my mom my mom said, like, you wouldn't know what to do with him. Like, <laughs> you know, uh, and I, it's true. I still love him. Of course I love him. Um, you know, I, I'm so excited to share my passions with him. Like, that's honestly one of the biggest things I, I'm, I geek out about. Um, and honestly, you know, just to brag a little bit, he's such a happy baby. He, like, I, Hannah and I couldn't be more lucky of just, he sleeps most of the, even though we're doing with this teething problem, like we just, we went out for breakfast and he's super chill and he's, and he, at daycare, he smiles at everyone. He's constantly smiling. So I'm either thinking to myself, like either he's a psychopath or like we're doing something right or maybe both, but it's such a blessing because everyone, everyone who knows us is like their instant response is like, well, he has such a great, happy parents. Um, and that I really appreciate being told that it, I, there comes like a little bit of imposter syndrome there, but mm -hmm. I guess there's some merit because people keep saying like, you're, 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 you both carry yourselves with positivity. And I think it just passes on like nurture versus nature, right? You talk about psychology. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it just really, you're seeing it with Simon. It, he's just so, he has such a lovely disposition and I can't wait for his teeth to pop <laughs> and I can't wait for him to start talking to me. And I can't wait for him to be confused that his dad doesn't know how to play baseball. But we'll get there. So, um, yeah. Just give me a call. I'll give you some tips. The basics. <laughs> yeah, right? We're good. Yeah. You use a basketball and you hit the bat with the basketball, right? No, that's basketball. No, I'm, I'm not. I, oh, basketball. That is, yeah. That is actually yeah, that is basketball. basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Which is also a movie I weirdly enjoy still. <laughs> um, uh Speaking of our my love of shitty movie, so. uh, Zach, we're we're coming to the end here. When I, I mean, I gotta say thank you so much for uh, coming on and chatting with us. And I just hearing you talking about your experience as a dad, just to wrap wrap that all up in a nice 
pretty bow. It, I think it like so much of your positivity where I've always seen it come from and that I've seen it come from uh, your wife Hannah as well and I suspect is going to come from your son uh, but not from Groot. Never from Groot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Groot's it, my it, dog. It's not the tree that lives in a pot. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. It's the dog. He's got some yeah. eyebrows and attitude. Um, yeah, he's a sassy. He's a sassy rescue, but damn, is he cute? Um, yeah, he is cute. No, no, I, know but I, wanna, I know that feeling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I we wanted to ask you. We're coming to the end here, and we wanted to ask you about what's your future good. What's coming up on the horizon that? Uh, you are excited for that is uh it's or maybe even something that yeah what are what are you, what are you excited, excited about? for what can <laughs> yeah. you talk about yeah what yeah. can you talk about <laughs> yeah. is what um, i'm trying to say we're we're currently pitching something right now that i i it's actually one of the first ideas that i pitched uh about six years ago um we're kind of retailing it and bringing it out into the world again. I'm really proud of this pitch. I can't tell you what it is because it's currently being shopped around. Um, so, you know, cross all your fingers and toes. You know, we, we sign and go into dev. Um, I'd love for T.S. Hello Blue to exist. I, 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 in my mind, I would love to have that show on air in five or six years um, because I, I think – I, it, it's not this naive or blind confidence. It's just that I, I'm so passionate about what, all these stories I want to tell in a fun, extraordinary setting that I, I, I want kids to see themselves on the screen, especially being that we don't often see invisible disorders represented or, or neurological or neurodivision disorder, neurodivergent disorders being represented on the silver screen, you know, so I want that good to exist. I'm excited for that good to exist. Uh, and currently working on two new comic book ideas. So, you know, we have, again, our original graphic novel. You can check us out at frenemystudios.com. It's a very bare-bones website. Or email me at zach at frenemystudios.com. Um, but, yeah, it, it's, uh, I'm excited to put our content out in the world. I couldn't have the most wonderful writing partner who pushes me in, in lovely ways uh, and is patient with me and... Uh, someone I can rely on. I have a wonderful wife who is uh, patient and lovely with my creative pursuits and my full-time job. I have a son who smiles at me all the time. So I, I can't complain. Uh, look, this has been such a hard year for everyone. So, you know, the good that, for the listeners that I'm listening now that I would instill in you is just try to see something good every day. Um, that's what I tell myself. Um, I've stolen your show. I'm now gonna, uh, <laughs> feel good Rosenberg podcast it's better um, in your hands than ours we're gonna just tap yeah. out now Zach you've been yeah. a pleasure you've been great thank you so much for being here we thank you really. are so enamored by you and we wish you nothing but success in everything you do in the future well thank you it was an honor being here gentlemen thank you for having me um, I, I can't wait to see how great I sound because your sound editing. I don't know. You what I'm already cut, sound... this, cut this, please. <laughs> no, you already sound marvelous, darling. <laughs> marvelous. Oh, thank you. Toodles. Marvelous. Toodles. That was uh, fantastic, Zach. I. Uh, it's always just so great 
chatting with him. Yeah. I'm glad that you like this is Mike. This is your first time getting to chat with him. And uh, I mean, yeah. what did you think of this episode? What did you learn? What did you take away from Zach? I mean, Zach had a very optimistic mindset, and yeah, that's something that I like to think I had. And over the past couple of years, a lot of things have happened in my life and it's been a one wild ride and I'm trying to get that back. And Zach kind of gave me that motivation to really start going into things a little bit more optimistically, uh, kind of wishing for the best intents of whatever creative ventures or anything that you're looking to do. I, I really respected that. And I'm very, very excited for all the work that he, he and Frenemy Studios are doing. It sounds awesome. It sounds like a very great chance for a lot of the networks out there to get some neurodivergent goodness out into the world. And they should step up or Feel Good Studios is going to take over and then we will do it for them. I honestly, if we could get to that point, I would do it in a heartbeat. So Absolutely. leave us five stars. and. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Byron, what did you take away from this episode? Uh, well, to do with um, a lot of what I t took away with him is his kind of what, what he tries to bring into his work with uh, his with like cartoons and comics the things that he's inspired by also like what he is wanting to do with uh, uh ts uh hullabaloo and like his story as a neurodivergent creator and i actually didn't realize i don't know if he had ever told me like because we talked a little bit about like i did stand up once upon mm -hmm. a time i didn't realize i had that kind of effect on him that that part almost made me tear up because i was like oh man this is such a touching moment i was well, i was really me, happy about that for me i view that especially because i quit and i can tell that story another time of why i quit because it got dark for me but the fact mm -hmm. that i was able to convey something to him in some way he was able to be inspired by that and and take that and that's his attitude about what you know how he views not just his friends and the people he's inspired by but also he sees it in the work that he does with uh tumblr coming back to that like assuming positive intent and and moving forward in the in the space and the conversation with that and trying to use that as the mechanism of which he progresses and tells his story too is something that like i have been trying to figure out mm -hmm. uh and so it's inspired it's re-inspired you know coming full circle he's re-inspired me yeah. i'm not going back to stand up but it's given me perspective of like oh this is what in this podcast i've found this is what in my the things that i do in my life that i've found this is something that like i'm 
very thankful. Zach, we absolutely love you, and I'm inspired by you, and I'm just so thankful that you just keep smiling the w way you do. It's a beautiful smile. The and way you I do, bud. I think your wife knows that. Yeah. <laughs> well, everybody, you can find our good friend Zach Rosenberg on the socials at Comic Nerd nineteen eighty eight. You can also find Frenemy Studios at Frenemy Studios. That's F R E N E M Y Studios. They're on so, Twitter. They're on Instagram. You can find them at frenemystudios.com. Um, and yeah, if you're looking to just have a positive, engaging conversation with Zach, like reach out to him. He's one of the friendliest people that I have ever met. That's why he's been a good yeah. friend for so long. Yeah. And yeah. I, I can echo that of knowing him for probably about two weeks now but uh no he's he's very nice and i cannot wait to chat with him again yes uh, in the future but for everybody else please make sure that you like and subscribe to the feel good podcast on all your major podcast things rate us five stars if you happen to be on apple podcast we have a five star rating right now let's keep that up let's keep, keep it, it going, going. Keep leave it us going. a comment keep let us going. know what makes you feel good uh that would be super fun super rad or you can just leave a little cheeky comment and we'll see if we can uh, reach out to it if, but and if you want to get a hold of us you're you're an artist or you just want to say hi you want to learn more about what we're doing we're feelgoodpodcast at gmail.com um shoot us an email we would love to hear from you or you can find us on all the socials at philgoodpod, F-I-L-L-G-O-O-D, pod. Um, and guys, we love you. Thank you for being here again. We want to give a big shout out to our team that helps us get this going. That's Alexia. That's Alicia. That's Wesley. And also, thank you, Byron. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. And thank, thank you, you, listeners. And we will catch you on the flip it flop the flip 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 the